Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO. Find one of their Chicago locations at gooseisland.com slash locations. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We're here in our West Loop studios. We just left the Fifth Third Arena. Got some uh, video to share with you for today's show. So that's why we're a little bit delayed, but we got it. We're ready to go. Make sure you smash that like button for us. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Podcast listeners, make sure you're following or subscribed on your favorite podcast app and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would go a very long way for us. Um, let's start with the uh, the headline of the show. Let's start with Kevin Korchinski as the 2022 draft class was made available today to us, uh, the media. And it's something we kind of been talking about a little bit uh, all off season, And today, I think we should dive into it a little bit. Is Kevin Korczynski ready for the NHL? And, and here's an important qualifier for those that don't know. Because of his age, Kevin Korczynski either has to play in Chicago or Seattle. Rockford is not an option for him because he's too young to go to Rockford. So whereas your Del Mastros and your Allens and other guys like that can go to Rockford, for Korchinski, it's either the Western Hockey League or the National Hockey League. So I think that's where we, that's why we sort of differentiate our conversation with Korchinski. Yeah, uh, we've talked about that stupid rule. But look, like I, I'm still not convinced yet that Kevin Korchinski right now as a newly turned 19-year-old is, is ready to be an 82-game NHL defenseman. I think all the tools are there. I think his skating is, is, is incredible. I think his offensive instincts uh, and, the, and the skill that he has is, is elite for where he's at in his career. I think, you know, the, the Blackhawks want to be a fast transition team. He fits that mold. Physically, he's maturing. We talked about it today. He, Anders Sorensen said he's starting to look like a man. I, I think all the, the tools are there. They're getting there. And I think what will be important is to see him on the ice at the uh, Tom Curvers rookie showcase, which I believe he'll be there, see him on the ice at training camp. I think that's where we'll get the real barometer of, of where he's at because last season – you know, there were people saying, oh, he could play in the NHL now. And I was like, I don't think so. And, and I still, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical that he's at that level. Um, can he play six, seven, eight, nine games at the beginning of the year and, and prove everybody wrong and stay in the NHL? Yeah, sure. 
but I, I, I'm still skeptical that he's an 82-game NHL player as it stands right now. I agree. I'm going to hold off final judgment till we see him in the training camp and preseason, but I just don't know if I want a 19-year-old as good as he was last year to basically have trial by fire in the NHL. But if the Hawks think that's the best because of his situation, if he could go to Rockford, he'd be in Rockford this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. I'd have no problem him turning pro. Yeah. And playing the year in Rockford with with Allen and Del Mastro and those guys and building that that defensive core together, you know, take your steps together. But since he can't do that because the CHL rule is just immensely stupid, is it worth him getting being big fish in small pond and and lighting up dudes and see, does that really help his progression? That's the question. Or does getting his teeth kicked in and learning how to bounce back in the NHL is better well, for his development? Uh, yeah. Now, the only thing about missing, spending the whole season in, in the NHL means he, can he still play at the World Juniors? I that think might be the would. best for him if he's going to go there and be their top guy. They've yeah. done that before where guys will play the whole season and they'll send him into... For the world, send yeah. away for the and world. I, and I, I think he would. And I don't think it, that tournament happens at a time where you know the Blackhawks. You would know what they are by then. Yeah. So if if you know not not to assume next year is a year where the Blackhawks are going to contend for anything, but you would think if he was playing in the NHL and contributing a, a high amount, maybe they'd have a question about letting him go or not. But from everything we've seen with with Kyle Davidson and and especially too with Luke Richardson being on board with patience and development I don't know to to me it just seems like it it fits the mold of what they want to do more to send him back to Seattle let him one one, for one more season be the the top minutes eater for a team that you know is is, is going to have success in, in the Western Hockey League be one of the top pair guys for Team Canada which he wasn't this past tournament um and be able to get to that level where you know he's ready. You know he's ready for these steps uh, and, and, and to be able to get onto that path next season. And, and I think, too, you don't we, – we talked about, you know, spacing out all these contracts that, that are going to be starting at the same time. If you're going to have Bedard and Del Mastro and Allen and Doc and Korchinski all coming up at the same time, I know the salary cap's supposed to go up, but those are going to be – Hopefully, those are going to be some big contracts. And if the Blackhawks want to continue to be, you know, on that trajectory up, you'd think in the next two to three years when all those contracts are up, they're going to be paying some some more players heftier contracts because they're going to go out and get somebody in free agency or they're going to acquire somebody with a bigger contract because they're a big contributor. So I don't want to, you know, hand ring over the salary cap three years from now, but it's something to consider. A couple yeah. of people were asking in the chat. I know they've answered in the chat, but I'll answer it too, just in case you're listening to the audio version and wondering what the CHL rule that we're talking about is. If you play for any one of the major junior teams in Canada, WHL, the Ontario Hockey League, the Quebec League, you are not, even if you're under contract with an NHL team, you cannot play in the AHL until you're 20. Right. You have to stay. Or you have to turn 20 by a certain day. Right. It's like, I believe it's it's like it's December. Yeah, thirty first or something. By the end of that season's yeah, year, you have to year. September fifteenth of the draft calendar year. Okay, so yeah. that's the rule. 
it's set up so the CHL teams can keep their best players in their league until they're 20 years old. Mm-hmm. It's all about money. It's all about money, and, and, and the, the NHL and the AHL bend over for freaking junior hockey. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I think it stinks, and this I'm not just is, saying this because I've been well, saying this for 20 no, years. No, it's true, like, and it's bad. This rule Kirby was made Doc, in 1979. Kirby Doc would have benefited from it. Um, Shane Wright would have benefited from it. Like all these guys that are lots of too failed, good to be playing juniors, top prospects. Yeah, these guys that are too good and, to be playing juniors, but aren't ready for the NHL. And not that we expect it to happen, but if Connor Bedard starts the year and has some struggles. Right? Sure. You'd like to They wouldn't be able to send him to Rockford to work yeah. it out. And right. it only applies to the Canadian junior junior teams. Right. Guys that are NCAA international guys, can Sweden. well guys that are international can jump right in. That's yeah. why why Bokus could do it because he was technically drafted out of Sweden, not out of London. Um Yoki Haro could do it, Tara Vinen could do it. And look, like I think t- the, that time spent in those in the minor leagues for those kinds of players, it matters. It benefits from it. Right look at Lucas Reichel. He, he jumped from playing in Germany professionally to playing professionally in North America in Rockford. He didn't have to go and play in Kamloops. He didn't have to go and, and play at, in, in the NCAA. He could play against men right away and, and look at how he has he benefited from that in his yeah. development. Well, back to Korczynski, and it's – I don't know if I've ever heard a, a GM say, boy, I wish we just called him up sooner. Right. Most of the time you err on the side of caution. And the way the Hawks have been throughout this entire thing – indicates to me that maybe he gets his seven eight games and then goes back because i I remember a conversation i had with a scout a few years ago it was actually about henry yokoharyu and they might look like they're doing okay right they can skate and they can hang and they're not hurting the team necessarily but they're so focused on just not making mistakes specifically defensemen that it takes them out of their own game you want Kevin Korchinski coming up to the NHL club with no questions. You don't want to guess, like, eh, is it too soon? Uh, I don't know. No, I think he comes up when he can't be denied any longer. Maybe that's this year. I don't know. Yeah, let him just let And him he'll make show you. And I, and I have faith in this, in this staff that they're not just going to rush a guy up for the hell. But there is no reason to rush Kevin Korchinski this year. They're not looking for a playoff spot. They're not trying to win the Stanley Cup, right? They've got every excuse to give him his handful of games and then send him back to the Western Hockey League where he can be the best defenseman in the league, maybe win a Memorial Cup, be a captain, all those sort of things. But that's, that's the hang-up is, what is the, how much can a player develop by just curb-stomping the competition the in the Western Hockey League? over and over and over and over again. Like, right. we watched videos of Kirby Doc when he was with Saskatoon, and he was like a men among boys. Mm-hmm. He was just toying with people. And then he comes up to the NHL and is completely sort of lost because, oh, there's guys as big and as strong and as fast as I am. And now instead of skating through children, I have to go against grown-ass men. And I haven't had the chance to do that anywhere else. Yeah, I I like – there's two ways to phrase this question. Will Kevin Korczynski be at the NHL level? That's more of a yes or no and should he be at yeah. those? Are, the answers to those questions are could be yeah. different. Should he be? Right now, no. But he could change my mind in training camp. Yeah. I ultimately think it will be left to him. If he gets a few couple games in beginning of the year and he shows that, you know, hey, he can handle this, then okay. But we've seen this in the past where guys – 
have four or five games and then there's some video on them and all of a sudden their weaknesses are exposed. The league adjusts to them. It's up to him to readjust. It's constant adjusting. Like, I, I don't know. I want them to play on the side, the safe side. You did it with Lucas Reichel. So far, that looks like that's working. Yeah. There's no reason not to do they it here. really took their time with Reichel. Yeah. So why... I know that it's different because Reichel could play in the AHL the last two yeah. seasons. Korchinski can't. But why take your time with your top offensive prospect yeah. and then rush your your you know top defensive prospect? Yeah, why right change there? course now? Right. Obviously, this rule dictates a little bit. But if he's not ready, then there's, there's your answer. It's, it's Seattle. If you have the sm- slightest twinge of doubt that he can handle it. Yeah. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I really think so. It's it, you don't want to screw this kid up. He is such a uh, you know respected pick. His mm-hmm. stock has only gone up since the draft. Um, there's no reason to put him in a situation where he's not going to feel comfortable or ready to go. Also, if you feel like you've got a young defenseman ready, maybe it's one of your more defensive-minded kids, like Nolan or uh, Nolan Allen or Ethan Del Mastro. Yeah, right. Like. They can go to Rockford. They can come up and down if they want to. And maybe if one of those guys shows ready to be a third-pair guy that only focuses on defense, maybe that's a better fit than putting your offensive defenseman dynamic yeah. kind of, I wouldn't say defensively challenged, but probably not defensively ready for the NHL yet. It's not up to the speed that his offensive game is at. Right. And I think when you look at Allen and Del Mastro, those two might be a little more ready to handle the vigors of a third pairing thing a shutdown kind of a thing and you can kind of sh- you know you don't have to worry about the offensive game from those guys and if Korczynski yeah. struggles offensively that's his game and that's going to impact him mentally I would think yeah I mean look at look at Adam Boquist I mean he was supposed to he was you know his his talents were off you know to be an offensive dynamo and it wasn't there what did he provide you know he was it was it was a defensive liability for him and when the offense wasn't clicking it just he he got out there he was still trying to be top pair Adam Boquist like and it just it wouldn't it wouldn't work and I I would fear if if the offensive game wasn't clicking for Korchinski that the defensive game uh it, it would be really hard for that in this moment at the NHL level for that to bail him out I don't think he I don't think he's there yet and we have some people in the chat talking about the Shane Wright situation, how he was healthy scratched a bunch of time before they sent him back. Little difference with the, the Kraken. The Kraken got off to a really good start last year and were like, hey, we're going to try and make the postseason. So that wasn't the right time for them to get Shane right. Wright, his, make, take yeah. his growing pains. It, it might cost them games. And that, that race was so tight, that was the difference between making the playoffs or not for them, possibly. Blackhawks don't have that problem. Kevin Gorchinski goes out there and costs you a couple of games in October and sure. November. It doesn't matter. Right. So they might have a longer leash for them. Kind of different. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the same. It would have been much better for Shane Wright to go play in the AHL for the whole season than what they did with him. Um, but the Blackhawks can afford to be like, well, he's here, so we're going to play him. We're not going to healthy scratch him unless – He's earned that healthy scratch. We don't care about wins and losses as much as Seattle did last year. Um, it's definitely a storyline we're going to be tracking a lot through September and October, and we just have to wait and see how it plays out. Yeah, and that's kind of been, that was a message from everybody today, and we've got some audio from Kevin Korchinski and Andrew Sorensen. want to play the uh, Korchinski video first. 
he was sort of asked to is he does he think he's NHL ready just yet yeah I think for me just taking it day by day um just getting stronger every day obviously the the off-ice stuff stuff I really want to work on this summer so um being in the gym every day working on my shot um and then when I, I am on the ice working on my skating just my skills um my defensive play so do you I'm feel just, like your game is almost at that level um like I said I think I'm just trying to take it day by day enjoy every day and um like uh, at this camp, for example, just uh, enjoy the time you have with these guys because uh, it's going to be short and then you go back home. So, um, Anders was saying that you look thicker now. Have you have you gained some weight? And uh, I guess how are you feeling strength-wise? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely been in the gym. Definitely uh, been putting on a bit of weight, but uh, not too much where I feel slow. So, um, yeah, I've been working back at home with uh, just with whether it's uh, nutrition or just working out, um, doing extra weight, stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, it's a big goal for me to put on a bit of weight this summer so that in training camp I feel stronger and can battle with men. He looks bigger. He did. He like, looked physically bigger. Even when we saw him, when we talked to him on video, I know it's different. Yeah. But, like, I always noticed how, like, thin his neck was. Like, he's kind of, like, got, like, a giraffe neck a little bit. Yeah. And when he – because Sorensen said it, like, oh, yeah, he looks thicker. He looks like a man. And I was sort of looking for it when he came in. <laughs> and he was noticeably more filled out. Like, the neck was – Thick and the, the you know he looked more muscular and bigger and ready to go. Um, I, I just think that he seems to have kind of a good head on his shoulders about it too. Like, hey, look, if if I if I play well and earn a spot, great. But I'm not. I'm just going to kind of handle it as it comes. Well, and and I fully believe that Luke Richardson is going to play people based on what what they earn. And so I I don't think you know if if it were a case where. You know, Kevin Korczynski is going to be on the opening night roster because Kyle Davidson wants him to be there. I don't think Luke Richardson will feel any any pressure or any, uh, you know, necessity to play him just because he's there. He's not ready. He's not ready. And we saw that, you know, even with Alex Vlasic, when he first got to the NHL, you know, Derek King was just like, he's not ready to go. And then by the end, by the end of that two week, three week stint that he was there at the end of the 2020. Uh, 2022 season he was playing with Seth Jones so you know it's the coaching staff and and Richardson I think they're they're focused on on what do you earn and I think that that's you know the the mentality that a lot of these prospects have even even Connor Bedard is saying oh I want to make the team Uh, these guys have that have that mentality of like earning the minutes that they're going to play does the fact that Luke Richardson's here and Kevin Dean's here make you feel any better about him being maybe if he does make the team yes at least if the failures happen he, he's got a staff that seems to because look like say what you want about Quenville great coach won three Stanley Cups here the numbers speak for themselves but in terms of developing guys he didn't have time for that shit right he was just like nope if you're not ready you're not ready you are not helping me right now go mm-hmm. right and maybe Luke becomes that way when the Hawks are ready to, ready to win Stanley Cups again but I have the feeling that Right now, his mindset's development, yeah. be it on ice, off ice, mental, physical. It's him and it's the entire staff are that way. So I feel like he's a little better equipped to handle a young player, forward, defenseman, whatever, goaltender, struggling than any coach the Hawks have had in recent memory. Yeah. Because I think it's just where his programming is right now, right? It's let's get these kids developed. Let's get them ready to go. So maybe they feel... Korchinski's better in the hands of Richardson than in the in the hands of the Seattle coaching staff. I don't know. It's yeah. gonna be to me like, I mean, Connor Bedard's gonna be the story all year. But in terms of intrigue or intrigue, as most people say it, <laughs> um, 
Korchinski's journey to the league is really interesting. It might be the top story of the developmental preseason yeah. and, and camp and everything. Well, and I think Richardson, too, has to think about who, who are the players that down the road are going to be important to me as a coach. Like, facilitating relationships with guys like Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno and Corey Perry, sure, that's all well and good. But the guys that he's hoping to coach to a Stanley Cup are – Bedard and Korchinski and Nazar and Reichel and so on and so on. So, yeah, I, I, I would imagine his his focus on development is more than just the immediacy. Yeah, and Luke Richardson spent a lot of time as a head coach in the AHL mm-hmm. before getting that Montreal assistance job. So he's used to this, and he knew exactly what he was getting into uh, when he took this job. Yeah, and you know, it, it seems based on comments that that he's made and based on comments that. Kyle Davidson made uh, at the draft, before the draft, after the draft. They're hand in hand on this. They're walking in, in unison through every step of this development. So, yeah, I, I think Luke wants to win all 82 games next year. He proved that last year. He wanted to win to every do it. single yeah. game. Mm-hmm. But he also gets it. He also knows what's important down the road. He's got the ability to be able to see – the game at hand that's being played that night, but also still remember that like three years, two years, mm-hmm. four years, that's what's more important than trying to beat the Ottawa Senators in November. You know, so yes. you're right. I think he's the right guy for that. And, you know, we also have to remember that Luke Richardson is still development, still developing as an NHL head coach himself. Yeah. Yep. He's still, but having him and having Kevin Dean here, makes me very optimistic about not just Kevin Korchinski, but all of the young defensemen coming up. Mm-hmm. Look what the improvements guys made last year. Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones. Seth Jones yeah. mm-hmm. progressed a ton from October to April. His game grew a lot, and he, he settled down more. He got more comfortable. They play very simple hockey, simple yet effective hockey. Nobody's out there thinking too much. He's not going to give Kevin Korchinski or any young player, defenseman, forward, goalie, more than they can handle. Right. He's proven that, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's stricting, you know, he's, he's going away from that philosophy. So you, you hit the nail on the head, Jay, with this is a great coaching staff for what's coming here. That's why he was hired. Right. Because he's, he's showing he can get guys to develop in season. He's got patience for young players. And he also knows how to win hockey games. Um, so when, he, when those guys progress and hit their ceilings and you get the mix and you're ready to go for it, I know he can make that transition from developing coach to let's go out and kick these guys' asses, coach. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is encouraging. And speaking of coaches, uh, Anders Sorensen, the Rockford IceHogs head coach, uh, had some thoughts on Kevin Korchinski being NHL ready as well. So we're going to share that video with you here in a few minutes. Um, but it, you know, he hasn't coached uh, Korchinski before, but again, got to see him coming in. Yeah, saw him ready to go. Um, so we're going to we're going to queue up that video here of uh, Anders Sorensen talking about Kevin Korchinski being NHL ready or not. We don't, have, we don't have that one uh, lined up on Korchinski. How, how do you handle that? No, it's the Rockford oh, coach one. Just taking it day by day. Um, nope. Just getting stronger. No, that's my no, bad. No, we don't have we don't have that one queued up. But he did talk about uh, Korchinski being able to. We don't have that one from Sorensen, but we he did talk about Korchinski being able what he needs to do to to, to step up into a a more elevated role 
Um, the guy that Sorensen did have a really good eye on as he's developing, and that's going to be really important, is Lucas Reichel. You, you asked him about you know, playing center and, and, and how Reichel can develop as he makes the, the jump to the NHL full-time. I think you know, as much as we question, is Korchinski ready to go? The question on Reichel being ready to go right away, I, I think that has been answered more times than, than necessary. So uh, Andres Swanson did talk about Lucas Reichel, his development, getting into you know, being an NHL player and, and seeing where he can play uh, potentially as an as a NHL center in the future. His face-offs uh, came a long way last year. I think he improved his face-offs a ton down the last. So obviously in the NHL, that's another you know area that when you're taking face-offs, there you're going up against your Crosbys or your, whoever you're playing against that night. Uh, so face-offs would be one thing. And just uh, handling the rigors of the uh, down-low play in the NHL. I think the game has changed a little bit in the NHL. I think it's more of a rush game now than it was in the past. So back to what I said earlier, with his ability to create and play off the rush, you know, I think that would do well for him. Do you think there's still a shot that he's in an NHL center? Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I, I haven't talked to Luke or Doris that exactly what they're planning, but yeah, for sure. I don't know if Reichel's a center. I don't know if they think Reichel's a center. And I, this is kind of something I want to explore as the week goes on because while I like what Davidson's done this offseason, I don't see a lot of NHL centers on the roster. I see a lot of guys that have played center. Yeah but are not full-time centers. Right now, it's Bedard, and it's Cole Gutman. I know Jason Dickinson played center all last year, so give him that, I guess. Tyler Johnson. But we don't know what Cole Gutman is yet. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Johnson has played center in his career before, but was exclusively a wing last year. Athanasiu finished the year at center. We don't know what that means. Uh, Nick Foligno has played center before, but he'll is probably he be a wing. Not in a long time. Donato, maybe. Reese Johnson, maybe. There are not a lot of official centers on this team. Yeah. And if they could somehow make Reichel a center, then you're talking Bedard Reichel is your one-two. That's really solid. It's exciting. They just have not even given him a shot to do it in the NHL. This, yeah. This is a year to do it. You just explained why. I guess so. There's no... Well, that's what I want to ask Davidson this week when we talk to him. Say, like, you don't have a lot of proven centers on this team. What's the plan? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a fair question i think uh you know a guy that we'll talk about in a little bit max domi was potentially one of those guys that you would bring back as a free agent and play center uh that's obviously not happening so yeah i mean it's the the lineup is open for reichel uh to figure out where where he'll slot in i think you know uh, the way he played at the ahl level as a center i think was was impressive for that level he played center uh when he was drafted playing in Germany uh he he was he was a centerman so he's done it before at professional levels it's just not been at at the NHL level I think if uh if if his two-way game I think that's that's the biggest um concern I think his I think his skating ability and his ability to play a 200-foot game isn't uh isn't a question but I think just the defensive zone responsibilities that that comes with playing center um, if, if, if that is up to speed with where his development has gone offensively, I think there's no, I think there's no question that he could, he could excel at that position. And as Sorensen said, winning faceoffs is important too. Uh, so that's another thing that, you know, getting those reps at the NHL level um, could, could help benefit. Working with Yannick Perot should, should uh, benefit him there in that game. Yeah, I, 
If there was ever a season to find out if he could play center, it's now. It's this, this year. It. Absolutely. Put him there. Let him go. There's no playoff expectations. If he costs you games early in the season at center, get you more balls in the lottery. Yeah. Like yeah, it's right. it's it's there's no like really way it, it hurts you. You either find out he can do it and then you then you're set at 2C or you find out he can't. And maybe you get a better draft pick, but at least you know in a season where it's not going to cost you anything. Of course, but my the reason I ask is because you moved Andreas Athanasiu to center last year at the end of the year because you didn't have any other options. Why not give him a look there then? And the fact that they didn't at all makes me wonder if they just think, man, eh, he's a winger. His game is more suited for a winger. His body's more suited for a winger, whatever. But the fact that last year they moved Athanasiu to center and not him – yeah. Who is a who? He was drafted as a center. Yeah, that they didn't even give him a sniff last year. That's a little bit. That's a little bit suspect for me. Maybe uh, you know. Maybe they just figured we're going to give you the center heading into a hole, so you have a whole off season to prepare sure. for it. You know, this is the stuff. Maybe they felt Luke Richardson felt more comfortable putting a veteran in that position. To the, you know, he could trust him a little better yeah. with the defensive stuff and, and things where, as we've said it many times, we normally when talking about Kirby Doc, when a, a thinking hockey player is not a good hockey no, player. That's right. You want him to just react. Yep. And if you put a kid, if you put Reichel there, then all of a sudden he's thinking a little more. So maybe give him the whole off season to get to training camp preseason to, to ease into it instead of throwing him in there on the fly. I mean, yeah, that would have been a great time to see if, if he could handle it, sure. Or maybe they just don't think it. I don't know. I, I, I would love to see him get start the year at second-line center and see what happens. If he's terrible at it, then he's bad at it, and then you know your answer. You're not wondering three, four years from now, well, what, what would have happened if he could have played center? You know, Andres Sorensen said a lot of good things about Lucas Reichel today, about, you know, where he's headed. And he's not just – pumping the company line there. Andre Sorzen has been very hard on Lucas Reichel when he's deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. When he's had bad games, he will tell you and he tells him. He he, t- he told us uh, in the in the play-in round. Yeah. I think it was the f- for his first or second game. It could have been better. He said, yeah. He needs more. Yeah. You know, he he was, he was blunt about it. Yeah, he, he and he has been hard on him in the past too. He was hard on him earlier in the year too. And then he came back from it, but he if Andre Sorzen thinks he could be an NHL center, that just tells me good point. he should at least get the shot to do it. Yeah. Because I think Anders Sorensen, if, if he didn't believe that, he wouldn't say it. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to, you know, fluff no, you. I've had, he's going to be pretty honest. Many a nights after bad games talking to him where he's going to tell you exactly how he feels. He's not fluffing anybody over around. He's not pumping yeah. tires. Yeah. It's not his job. So if he didn't believe it, he wouldn't have said it. Yeah. And if he believes it, that's good enough for me to at least try it to start the season. Well, the other great thing about, I mean, there's millions of great things about Bedard's arrival, but it immediately takes that spotlight and pressure off of Reichel to be a star. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like last year there was this pressure on him to not only be good, but to be great because there really wasn't anyone else in the system offensively that you could even project to be great. Maybe Nazar, yeah. but that's two, three years down the road. So there was a lot of pressure on Reichel to come up and contribute right away and be this guy. Now he can kind of be your secondary guy or your tertiary guy at some point and say, okay, I'm, it's, the pressure's not on me now 
to be a 30, 40 guy, right? Now I can just play my game and develop accordingly. And I think that will probably get him to that destination better than all the pressure being on him to provide all the offense for the team, which is what he was when he came up. Let's be honest. Yeah. When he, when he came up here, it was, you know, a a Blackhawks team that was in a situation where he was the main attraction. Like we got to a point where, you know, seeing Lucas Reichel play was the reason you would you would tune into Blackhawks games because it wasn't to see them win. It was to see, you know, those players develop. It was to see Lucas Reichel develop. And, and even being in the, in, in the locker room, I feel like there were a lot of times where if he was sitting at a stall, everyone would just go to talk to Reichel because it's like, well, what else? You know, he was what the else guy is there that mattered last year. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was what mattered. So now you have Bedard uh, coming in. So, yeah, it's going to take a lot of that that pressure and that spotlight away he's still going to have it he's there's still a lot of you know expectation for him to turn into you know everything that that we hope him to be but yeah it definitely is going to take a lot of that you know necessity to develop right away into that star player he can he can play behind Bedard and and I think honestly I think that that's that's going to suit him better I don't think anyone's going to confuse Lucas Reichel for Connor Bedard on the ice or off the ice at any time but I think it's going to suit him well to kind of play that, like, you know, especially in the next year or two, that kind of like Robin to Bedard's Batman. Yeah, we've all said, none of us, I don't, I don't think many people have said Lucas Reichel is a cornerstone foundation type, like, all-star elite player. We all kind of agree he's going to be, he should be a very good player, but not you know, in that next level. I see him as uh, now Bedard, like, ta- like Teravainen. Yeah. Now Bedard sure. here is that guy. That's the guy everybody predicts yeah. he's going to be. So now Reichel can slot in exactly where he's supposed to right. be and be that guy now, as opposed to, as you said, trying to be the main guy when, you know, that could that could do some, some damage to his confidence. If he think, well, I got to be the main guy, and then he can't do it. To that level, so now he doesn't have to be. He he's, he could be your second line guy. Yeah, he's your third or fourth best forward on a on a on a cup contender. Sure, yeah, he could right? do that. That's that's what. That's I, why that's, I say Tara Vining. Yeah, that's what he, he is. That's what he and, should. And, top and out anything at. and anything more of that, you're thrilled with. It's yeah. gravy. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So now this kind of how how often have we have we talked about? You got to get guys slotted in the right positions. This kind of slots Reichel exactly where he should be, yeah. second line guy. Yeah, he doesn't have to be a top center, top wing. Right. You know, I he, mean, can, he can play. Be- he can play in your top six, but you know, in a versatile role, doesn't have to be top yeah. line and only. top He's not going to be the only guy looking up, looked upon to score goals. You have Bedard. Yeah. You have him. Uh, I look for a bounce back year from from Taylor Hall as far as production wise goes. Sure. You would think, being Connor Bedard's wing should jack up the points as opposed yeah. to playing on Boston's third line. And look, there's there's a potential for, let's say, you know, this season and next season play out, right? There's a potential where the top six of the Blackhawks in going into 2025 involves Reichel and Bedard and Nazar and Oliver Moore and, and all these guys that we're, we're seeing come up. Like, there, there's, there's, there's only one puck out there, so only so many of them can be the star, but I think what you what you have is enough guys that can play those secondary roles that it's 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 all going to complement off of each other. So 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 the the need for there to be, you know, a guy playing above his above his role, it's it's going to be less and less. Yeah, 
Uh, speaking of compliments, you want to get some compliments on your calves? Yes. On your butt? Yes. Your thigh game? Sure. Get some bird dogs. They make you look good with that stretch khaki. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better and are cheaper. Bird Dogs fixed the issue of uh, stiff, restricting cotton by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. That is key. And good for me, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink, sweat-wicking whipping fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day day long go to birddogs.com slash chgo or enter promo code chgo for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash chgo or promo code chgo for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you again birddogs.com slash chgo get some shorts this panel is gonna put that no stink fabric to the test that sounds like a challenge bird dogs i'm gonna wear you to the draft next year and see what happens yeah there you go we're in vegas yeah in vegas yeah well the combat efficiency program Nice segue there. I don't know how, but it's committed to helping families and businesses, no matter what pants you're wearing in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. That's right. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Hey, can you tell our buddy Greg Braggs how that works? Greg Braggs, listen up. I'm listening. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers like you, Greg, will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy, also known as Monergy, today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? Yes, other Greg. Comed.com slash poweringbiz, B-I-Z. Yeah, I was first Greg. First Greg. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We got a super chat I want to get to from our buddy Windy City Hockey. He says, uh, can Hawks pick up Zadina on waivers? Yes, uh, Philip Zadina. can. Should they? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he was waived by the Red Wings today. Former sixth overall pick. Uh, picked before Quinn Hughes. Whoops. Whoops. Um, he is on waivers now. The Hawks have the third waiver spot. Mm-hmm. It is based on the final like regular season standings. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they can. Right winger, great shot. Not the strongest skater, which we know uh, is something the Hawks love. Uh, Steve Eiserman. I'm sorry, I need a genuflect before I say that, apparently. Uh, Steve Eiserman. draft pick bust by Steve Eiserman? Is that allowed? Who knew I that I guess not. Uh, said they, wa- they tried to trade him, had no takers, so they waived him so he can find whatever team he wants to go to, but that's not really true because whoever claims him whoever can claim take him. Gives him an opportunity. Unless he completely passes through, then he's an unrestricted free agent. Like, I mean, I, it's it, to me, it makes sense because he's young, he's cheap, he needs a, a, a new setting. The Blackhawks, I, I mean, I don't think that they've completely filled out their roster uh, spaces for, for the NHL level. You, you know, 
we talk about not clogging up the defensive group. You don't have any worry about that with forwards. If you have to knock down Colin Blackwell out of your lineup, so be it. That's like, the one, though. I, I just I just think it makes sense to – if there, we talk about if there's an opportunity to figure out if Lucas Reichel is a, is a center at the NHL level – you talk about the opportunity to figure out if, if Philip Zadina can figure it out at the NHL level. This is the season to do it. And he's not going to cost you almost anything. 1.8 million and change. Um, look, you, you, you basically get a guy ex- in an exact same situation as like Philip Kurashev. Like they're, they're two kind of similar players yeah. where they have that offensive upside. You just kind of have to see it consistently. So I mean, I don't know. I I think it makes a lot of sense, um, but I, as as happens with a lot of these, you know, high draft pick players or or reclamation projects, whatever you want to call them, uh, as we see them a lot land on waivers, a lot of times they go right through. So I wouldn't be yeah, surprised play, if waiver if he's, claims are rare. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry he's uh, yeah if he if he's passed through. But I I, I think. What do the Blackhawks have to lose right. to give them that? So I was I was farting around with Cap Friendly today. Is that what I smelled? As I'm wont to do. I'm not wearing my bird dogs. That's oh, why you can man. smell it. Um, I'm at 14 forwards: Hall, Bedard, Reichel, all going to play. Johnson, Dickinson, Radish, yes. Mm-hmm. Felino, Blackwell, Athanasiu, Donato, Gutman, Perry, Kachuk, and Kurashev. That's 14. So if you put Kurashev in there, you got Blackwell and Kachuk on your bench. I don't know who's coming out. Cole Gutman, maybe, but he's on a one-way deal. Uh, He's going to be ready for training camp. He is a center. I don't know. Do you have a spot for Philip Zadina? I mean, it's not a bad problem to have. No, it's not. But at some point, I don't know. Like, it's – who's going to sit? Look, if if – if you're looking to roll the dice on finding a young middle six high-end forward that maybe figures it out, I think it's worth sitting a guy like Colin Blackwell. I agree. But for the record, yeah. yeah. I would like them to claim him. Yeah. But it's it's just if, if that means you're trying to figure you're trying if to that do means the math. Cole Gutman has to go to Rockford and clear waivers himself. I, or you wave Kachuk or you, you wave you roll the dice. Or yeah, if or if if, if Boris Kachuk has to go to the AHL, or Reese Johnson has to go to the AHL, or Con- uh, uh, Mackenzie Entwistle has to go to the AHL. If if Joey Anderson stays in the well, AHL, I think it's worth rolling the dice. And if it doesn't work out, you send him down to Rockford because he's 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 played plenty of of time in in Grand Rapids. So send him down to Rockford and and see if he if he figures it out there, or you wave him yourself. Like it's there's there's no reason to. It for, in, in my opinion, there's no reason to not roll the dice. This is an opportunity to roll the dice. You're not cap-strapped. You're, you're not, uh, you know, held to many players on this, on this roster in that forward group. So, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's worth the, the roll of the dice. By the way, Cole Gutman is waiver-exempt, waiver so he can get sent down to Rockford anytime he wants. Yeah. Uh, guys like Reese Johnson, Mackenzie Entwistle, uh, I don't see anybody running to claim those guys on waivers. Um, so you could probably pass those guys through. I'm, I agree with everything you say, Mario. Like, there's still a lot of potential there. It won't cost you anything. And if it fails, you move on. Yeah. 
I've what, seen, I mean, what if it works? Well, like, great, what if he yeah. pans out and he's great? What if right, he does? Exactly. But I've, you know, I've seen great. a lot of Zadina covering the AHL. I saw a lot of nights where I didn't even realize he was playing until I read the stat sheet at the end of the night. Like, completely invisible. And that was, that's been his biggest problem. Even in the AHL, zero consistency. He'll go a week or two where you're like, oh, he's got it. And then completely disappears. If you want to roll the dice... Fine with it. You don't lose anything if it doesn't. You only have to gain. If it costs you a Colin Blackwell or it costs you a Mackenzie Entwistle, we love him, or Reese Johnson, okay. He doesn't have to relocate his family. So exactly. That's good. He could just go wherever he wants. He right. doesn't, doesn't have to send a forwarding address or anything. Yeah. Sure, it's fine. Like, but like, if they don't do it, I'm not going to be outraged. Like, no. Like all of a sudden, well, I mean, all of a sudden, Philip Zadina's like this guy we just gotta have. Well, there's like, a reason thirty-two teams didn't trade for him. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, they're, then their scouts are seeing the same things you are. Is he's a non-factor? Yeah, when in you're the a non-factor well, then, in the AHL for three straight seasons, tells me a lot. Yeah, maybe like, you it's just okay. Suck. It's it's fine when you're a rookie and you're just especially coming over from Europe and you're getting your feet wet. But when it doesn't like progress much from year two to year to even year three and you're still kind of the same guy i'm good and part of it could be the need of a change of scenery yeah. sure but i just always think of nail yakupov who was like well he just needs a change of scenery well he just needs it didn't work anywhere with him right yeah sometimes guys just it just doesn't it, it work took, it took anthony to clear what four or five changes of scenery before he yeah, finally got it figured sure. out yeah so every everybody's different but yeah. you know i'm not i'm not gonna grab my pitchfork and torch if they don't get them and right. if they do, cool. Let's see what we got now. As as we've been saying, now is the season to try shit out. Yeah, maybe he doesn't. Uh, that should believe. be our new shirt. The season to try <laughs> shit out. There you go. Brick by brick, try shit out. <laughs> side by side, two different shirts. I like it. Maybe he just doesn't Spe- buy into the Iser plan. Speaking of shirts, I uh, oh. I ordered this one. Oh yeah, uh, just one. yesterday. Me and my buddy sitting at the bar. We both ordered this one. That, that one is how sweet. How many beers did you need to have before you were like, that looks uh, good? Let's get. I it had up. a couple whiskey and cokes. There's no doubt about <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, NHL '94, my jam right there. So yeah, that's it. yeah. Pick the, that up. Our '98 C uh, 16 bit design. Uh, we've also got the future of the league design available. Uh, he has been a hawk for less than a week. Officially. Exactly a week tomorrow. Yeah. We've got two designs out already at chgolocker.com. Head over there and grab those. Right now, of course, Die Hard save 20%. And if you want to become a Die Hard today, pick your shirt for free. Mm-hmm. Whichever one you want, any of the shirts at the CHGO Locker can be yours for free if you become a Die Hard I got today. both of those in the mail. Nice. Um, should we do some reads or talk about Max Domi? Let's talk about Max Domi first. Uh, okay. Okay. One-year deal with the Leafs, and it's so funny as we spent – all this offseason and every every day basically since the trade saying, well, you know, he's going to want term. He wants term. Max Domi wants term, and he signs a one-year deal. And I'm wondering the mindset of him and Tyler Bertuzzi and John Klingberg, all of which signed with the Leafs, but a lot of guys signing one-year deals uh, ahead of this uh, expected cap raise, right, $4 million, maybe five, yeah. depending on who you listen to. But they also have to wonder, like, look at the draft. Look at the free agent class next year. It is loaded. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if, if cashing in is like the big fish now or waiting to be another one next year with a slightly higher cap. It's not like it's going to 
it's going to allow people to bring in like a third line player type salary. Right. Right. It's a difference between a JT Comfort or not. And didn't he sign a one year deal too with Detroit? Was with that Detroit? a one year? Uh, no, he got five, he got some term, he got five yeah, okay. by five, I think. Somebody else, some other significant guy signed a one year deal. But it's 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 weird, and I want to talk about the Domi thing and 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 kind of what Toronto is doing because everywhere I've seen is like perfect fit, perfect contract, great move for both sides. I don't know. I guess the Leafs are going for it, like giving it one last try before they've got to get rid of one of these big names. But now they're over the cap, so someone has to go. Uh, yeah, someone I, has to go at pennies on the dollar because everybody knows someone has to go. This they, sounds like a he who shall not be named uh, type of. Yeah, move. and they're going to get some LTIR relief, but not not as much as they're they're hoping for. So, I don't know what Toronto is is trying to accomplish here because basically you've you, you you've brought in Ryan Reeves, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Max Domi to be tougher, to be a change of a locker room change, a culture change to. You know, to, to be more playoff ready, their problem in the playoff playoffs was not they weren't tough enough. Their problem in the playoffs is that all their goal scoring just dried up. Yeah. They they couldn't they couldn't that that offensive juggernaut that they could have been should have been was not there. So it wasn't that they weren't playoff ready. This this team has been well seasoned in the playoff at least in the first round. They've been well-seasoned in, in playing playoff hockey over the last five, six, seven years, especially the core group. They're the ones that need to perform. It's not the, the, the changes that Toronto is making are all these bottom six guys, bottom pairing defensemen. Look at who, who's at the top. It's the same people that have been here for the, all the first-round exits. That's, that's what's got to either perform or change. Because you can you can mix and match all these different things. You 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 don't have Wayne Simmons. You bring in Ryan Reeves. You don't have Alex Kerfoot. You bring in Max Domi. You don't have Michael Bunting. You bring in Tyler Bertuzzi. It's all the same. It's all the same. So what what are they? I don't know what they're exactly trying to change. Well, I'll say this, and we had a little bit of a a spirited discussion before the show started about this. I like what they're doing because how often do we talk about? teams in the playoffs needing their depth to contribute needing the guys at the bottom of the roster to get things done we saw if we want to keep it local playoff series where marion hosa or jonathan taves or patrick sharp or even patrick kane would disappear for three four five games offensively not be able to put up points and that's when your bolins and your shaws and your versteegs and your krugers and all those guys and your bickles made their impact and made their 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 way felt so yeah they're super top heavy there's no doubt about that right austin matthews john tavares william uh mitchell mitch marner william nylander all these guys are great hockey players great offensive hockey players but they can't do it all i think it's unfair to expect look they get paid to score yada 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 of course all those things are true but it's unfair to expect the same four guys to do everything for you as the playoffs go on because you're playing playoff teams now. They've got four defensemen that are shutdown worthy, right? Look at the Hawks again. Yeah. Keith, Seabrook, Oduya, Jalmerson, good luck. Your top two lines, forget it. They're not scoring. So you need your third and fourth lines to contribute to beat the Blackhawks. And that's why very few teams were able to do it, right? Yeah. So if you're able to, look, Tyler Bertuzzi is better than Michael Bunting. Max Domi is better than an aged Wayne Simmons. The Ryan Reeves thing, I think that's just to bring in some 
three years is ridiculous. But to bring in some kind of attitude shift to, to if they're a little bit fragile in yeah. there as the Maple Leafs seem to be. Everybody raves about Ryan Reeves and what a great guy. Why is he on a different team every year then? Well, he's not. He, he's been on three teams. Blues, Wild. Oh, four teams. Blues, Vegas, Wild, and Toronto. He's on the Rangers, too. Rangers. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's on a different... He's, sometimes he's he been plays on a lot for three of teams, teams in a year. Well, I'll tell you this. The people that rave about him are his teammates. Yeah. So I, I think there, there must be something to it. There's got to be something to it. It's not just... They there's, don't just say it to say it. He played on Pittsburgh, too. Yeah, he... Uh, there's, there's a lot of... Vegas. ...good that he, can, that he can bring to a locker room. And, and I agree that, yeah, maybe he is somebody of, of a personality, a voice that needs to come into that locker room and, and maybe shake a few collars and be like, snap out of it. You know, the, air, the, the airplane scene, just down the line, yeah. slap, out, slap all of them and, and say, you know, get over yourselves. Yes, you're the Maple Leafs. Yes, you're, you're Toronto. Yes, you've had all this, this, these problems, but snap out of it and play hockey. Like, yeah, maybe he's a guy that can come in and do that. But I think if you're at that point where you're like, Ryan Reeves is going to change our team, you're in trouble. Yeah, I 100% agree. If it takes Ryan Reeves after six years of failure to finally get something, I don't – but that's not what they're saying. They're not saying Ryan Reeves is going to come here and be the difference between us winning a cup or not. I don't think they feel like they need it. They feel like they need some different voices in the locker room. That's clear. But it's still the same main guy. So you're saying – so so what's the answer? Your leadership group is the same. So then the Leafs should get rid of Tavares, Matthews, Marner, or Nylander. One of them. Or. Yes, one or. One or. I don't, you can't they don't win with them. They've proven time and time again that core is not going to win. But the problem is the depth. They don't have the depth. to. to you go from those guys last year to, to what? To what on that roster that can do anything? Now you maybe have those four. Maybe. They're going to have to trade somebody. I'm, I'm sure they'll find a way to do it without trading uh, one of those four. But now you mm-hmm. add Domi and Bertuzzi, and now you've got three pretty solid lines that can score consistently – and then you fill out your fourth with checkers. I just think it, like, I know it's fun to laugh at the Leafs, but, like, to get these two guys on one-year deals for cheap money, it makes all the sense in the world, and I do think it will make a difference for them. Does it mean they're going to win the Cup? No. But I think it gives them a different kind of a mix than what they've had, and it takes pressure off the big four to do effing everything for the Leafs. I mean, if you, if you have John Tavares, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, and Morgan Riley, not not forgetting about him. Yeah, those are those are five elite level all star caliber players. If you can't get past the first round, but for once in seven years, something's got to change. I'll I just say it again I, though. What? What? The, I what, I, I know that you need depth scoring, but you also need your five elite all stars to pull their weight too. Those they they need to be able to do it consistently. And if if, if you're getting to if, if you're in first first round series and you're already relying on your depth to come up big for you, you got problems. I, 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 I get it, the point you're making, but those Blackhawks teams won Stanley Cups. They went to the Western well, Conference Final in 2014. In fairness to the Leafs, though, when the Hawks were doing it, the playoff system was different. And they weren't okay. playing Tampa Bay in the first round sure. like the Leafs have been doing. Like, sure, but, but Florida was the second wildcard team and almost swept them. Yeah. Like I, I just, I just think, but they, but again, I, your point is, is fair. But we, the three of us, agreed that the Calgary Flames, before the playoffs, were the winners getting Huberdeau and Wegar 
in that trade while yeah. Kachuk went to Florida. We go, wow, the Flames traded Kachuk and got better? Oh, my God. How did that happen? Then what? It was a different mix-up. It was a different mix in that locker room. It was a different kind of guy because Huberdeau and Barkov are similar, right? Mm-hmm. Similar styles, and Barkov is big, but he doesn't always play big where Matthew Kachuk will drag your ass across the finish line if he has to. Mm-hmm. The Leafs don't have guys like that, and I think I'm not saying Bertuzzi is that level of Matthew Kachuk, but he's, you know, if you bought Matthew Kachuk on Wish, you get Tyler Bertuzzi, sure. right? Like, that's the, the generic, the, tr- the great Matthew value Kachuk, version of Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk ended Tyler Bertuzzi's season this past year. He did. Yeah. I, I, I think it makes for what they're, look, the Leafs know this is likely their last shot to win, a, to take a, a shot at the cup. This has to be. So why not? Why not make these moves? Why not sure. bring in a different kind of dude? No, sure, I that's agree. That, I just think if, moving if on from any of those guys, if you don't have to, if is you're foolish. building, but if you're if you're building a team and saying or saying, all right, beyond next season, who knows what the hell is going to happen? I, you're 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 putting yourself in a really tough situation. It's it's not a it's not a future thinking organization, and I get it. Their championship window is literally now. Like they have to worry about it now, but. I just it, it really to me it just seems like something with their elite players their top players has has to change if you want anything to actually change so looking at last year's playoff stats for the Leafs uh, they played 11 playoff games Marner had 14 points Riley had 12 Matthews had 11 Nylander had 10 O'Reilly had 9 Tavares had 8 so there's your big 6 sure right Matthew Matthew Nyes had 4 Yarncroke three, Lafferty three, and then you just go down and down and down. You go from eight to four, and then it's all the way down. They had no depth scoring at all. None. That, I mean, but look, you lost O'Reilly. That's a whole other topic, right? Is why did he leave Toronto to go to Nashville for basically the same deal? Yep. Um, so maybe there's something else up there, but you could, it's right there in black and white. It's actually blue and white because it's a hockey reference. The top guys did their job, and the rest did nothing. We'll see how it plays out. I, I th- just, yeah. I don't know. I don't think they made that much of a difference. We'll agree to disagree. You know, I know a lot of Hawks fans are upset that, that why didn't the Hawks sign Max Domi for one year? Because Max Domi wants to win. Yeah. That's why it went to Toronto. It is a great story. Hometown his, team. His dad yeah. played there. You know, the Maple Leafs can now send out all those cute little pictures of Max Domi as a kid with, with, with his dad. Well, they already have. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, you could hang it up on your wall with, right next to John Tavares sleeping in his Toronto Maple Leaf uh, sheets. They're great stories because you, they ain't going to make any great stories on the ice. Yeah. They've been proven that. Maybe this year is different. God, it sounds like with the last six years, with yeah. the, maybe this is a different the, year. This is what I'm tired I just don't know of. What, I don't know what. So I know I agree, I agree with you saying like they have to do something. This is their thing. Okay, fine. I just don't know if it makes the difference come playoff time. We'll see. The, we could be proven completely wrong by this. I just don't know if you know. Uh, it, you know, I just don't know if that's enough to get him through four series. As Jamie says in, in the uh, in the chat, the core four was amazing in that Tampa series, and then they kind of they disappeared in that Florida. Nobody scored in that Florida that, series, yeah, right? Because so Bobrovsky co- found his found exactly. his So those those numbers are a little misleading because most of those numbers were done in those first seven games, and then everybody disappeared but, in right. Florida. That's but that's the point is it can't it can't lay on those guys only to do it. 
never in the Hawks playoff runs did they have four guys doing it and nobody else. Yeah. Never. That was and never it's the case. Be a, it, and, and people are asking, well, can the Hawks take Murray and, and a first rounder and buy him out? Sure, I guess you can. But that's a bad look. And I know they don't care, but that'd be a bad look that in two straight years you're getting rid of first round picks to dump shitty goals. To dump off your goalies. Contracts. Yeah. And they, they have a first round pick in 2024 and they don't have one in 2025. Nope. So you'd go two years without first round picks. Yep. They're gonna have to do something. No so, one's taking that just to yeah. say, "Hey, we want to help out the Toronto Maple Leafs." Nobody's no. doing that. No, and and I, I don't think you're gonna have teams jumping over each other to try and help the Maple Leafs no. because they're 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 spinning themselves into this into this position a lot like the Blackhawks had been during their contention years, where they you know they got cap strapped and draft picks weren't bountiful. They they they, they spun themselves into those positions. Um, the O'Reilly thing, I, I, I think, is really interesting. And, and to, to me, it, sa- it says something about the leadership group or, and or head coaching. And, and I think one constant that's been there the last few years, I know uh, they had Mike Babcock for the first, I think, one or two trips to the postseason where they lost in the first round. But Sheldon Keefe has been there for, what, four or five years now? And they're bringing him back. A lot, a lot of the same... Uh, results in the postseason, and and it's all that I'm, I'm just the head coaching, the top players, to to just say run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back. I, at some point, you have to change something. I'd ra- I'd rather take a swing on changing something major and having it pay off than just running it back and having the same thing happen each 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 year. Here's an, that's you, just that would that would just be me. You made the comparison to the Hawks. You got to have the depth when they want, and you're at, you're couldn't be more correct but this these aren't those hawks teams they this is a mentally fragile team true those hawks teams how many down three one no problem we got this down three two on the road game six no problem we got this maple leafs one thing goes bad and they all turtle and it's over yeah because they're fragile mentally that's the biggest difference. and i think that's where as you talk about sheldon keith versus joel quinville (laughs) i mean do we even need to have that conversation right like right Who's the guy that mainly the guy who's responsible, whose responsibility it is to pull them out of that mental tailspin is the freaking coach. And maybe they're turning on asking Ryan Reeves to handle it. Brent Seabrook was the guy for the Hawks that would get in people's faces and say, let's go. Come on. Right. Let's step it up. He was truly the vocal captain. You don't have to be the quality of a player that Brent Seabrook was to be that guy. And I think they're hoping that Ryan Reeves can be that guy. They're paying him to be. They gave him three years. He's thirty-six years old yeah. right now. Like, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of smoke. Uh, I've I've read it in different places that the biggest reason Ryan O'Reilly left his hometown team for the same money to go to Nashville is because of Sheldon Keefe. Once he heard that they were bringing him back, he's like, "Yeah, I'm good." You know, the guy's been seriously out coached in every playoff series he's ever yeah. been in. And well, there's there, your change. There's a lot of there's a lot of you know the, the the adjustments. People have been saying that a lot. Never adjust in series. We see we saw that in the Florida series. What adjustment did they make in that series at all? From the first game to the last game, they just like, well, we got Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Go out and get them. Like right. So there's a lot to be said for Ryan O'Reilly from Toronto. Was so good for them when he was healthy in the postseason last year. To say I'm good. I'm gonna go to Nashville. This mid-level team that's still going to be a mid-level team 
to saying I want another three years in in, in uh, Toronto. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll be following that all year, and we'll be pointing and laughing at him when it doesn't work again. Throw or up. I'll eat a big old fat plate of crow oh, okay. if it does work. Careful. Yeah, fair enough. That's that's those are our late night. I mean, let's be honest. I, I, I don't want it. Hawk, I don't want it to work. Hawks play in Toronto <laughs> one of the first five road games, right? Yeah, there. It's that part of that first road trip. Will yeah. Sheldon Keefe still be the coach five games in? I'm sure. Will Connor Bedard get Sheldon Keefe fired? Maybe. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Will Austin Matthews request to trade to Chicago after seeing Connor Bedard in person? There you go. Hey. He'd have to be second line center. It'll be a tough adjustment for him, but he'll be fine. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap things up. I know we started late, so we stayed on late for you. So thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate you. Hit that like button for us. We're over 100 likes today. Nice. Wonderful. First time in forever, so thank you. Go celebrate at Foco.com. Yes. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, banana hammocks, and everything in between. Spurch. It is summer. It is baseball season. Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, ponchos probably, yeah. which Greg needed yesterday. Yes, I did. Everything you need for a game and take a look around our set you see all of our sweet merch over there and over there and over there lots of it comes from our friends at foco and we thank them for that go to foco.com or click the link in our description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off that is foco foco.com and if you need the perfect accessory for your brand new spurch you should head over to Shady Rays because they have you covered for the warm weather with their po- premium polarized shades that come to you at an extremely affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. I say they're even better. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for your outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you break or lose your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. I believe it was Charlie the Bacon guy said that it took two days for him to get his replacement pair. Now that is customer service. And also, together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through Shady Rays' impact from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, but you're going to, trust me, exchange them for a new pair, return them for free within 30 days. There is absolutely no risk when you shop. And right now, Shady Rays Independence Day sale is live. Go to ShadyRays.com, and you're going to get 50% off single pairs of sunglasses. So now, through the 4th of July, and that's tomorrow, you can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people at a discounted rate. Mm-hmm. All right. we got Before we wrap up, we got a $5 super chat from Nick. He says, real quick, are you guys going to do a show online prediction soon? Probably. Can we wait? That sounds like a July-August topic for me. That's a written piece. We haven't haven't gotten the Nashville out of our system yet. Yeah, we're working on it. My voice just came back the last few days. We've got like nine weeks between now and training camp to get through that stuff. So I'm sure we will get to... uh, Maybe multiple line prediction shows. Yeah, 1.0, 2.0, 2.5, all that stuff. And we ran a poll on our YouTube page during the show. Should Kevin Korchinski play the full season on the Blackhawks next season? We had 200 votes exactly. 58% of you said no. 42% said yes. That's a higher yes than I expected. It is. So we'll see. It's going to be the story to watch. That sounds about right. What? That sounds about right. 
that, that ratio. I mean, it's because it's. We talked about it. Yeah, if you miss it, just rewind. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to everybody on Wednesday. We are off for the 4th of July holiday. Do not like fireworks in your hand. Please be careful. Don't put a Roman candle on your head. Remember to back it pants. up, Terry. Just don't blow things up. Just be, be careful. Be I smart. Think, I think we have the smartest fans of Mom. I'm not too worried about And just, you know, be respectful of the veterans that we are celebrating that may be suffering from PTSD. Just be respectful. That's all we're saying. Most importantly, be safe. Have a great fourth. We'll talk to you on Wednesday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.